came across, honestly, uh, this business for sale on bizbuysell.com. Oh, yeah. really? You actually found yep. it online? Yep, yep. Um, that's correct. And it was, it just kind of, you know, I was like, greenhouses, I don't know what this is. I, I don't have ah. a horticulture background. And it, it is a logistics challenge. There is nothing simple about what we're doing. We are building a garden market about every week. And so for five weeks in a row, I have such a passion for it. And, and really, it's 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 such a, it's a very refreshing thing in, in my life. And of course, I've passed that on to my friends. And when I make flower jokes, yes, they, they do make fun of me. Welcome to the Proco 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor, hosting Proco 360 because I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs and leaders and sharing my conversations with them with you. My guests have built very successful businesses while being collaborative, enjoying all that Colorado has to offer, and doing that with other talented people who've also chosen to live here in Colorado. This episode is with Jeremy Friedman, president of Brown's Greenhouse and his newer brand, Plum Creek Garden Markets. I've always been curious about the greenhouse business, particularly why the good ones, whatever they do that lets my plants live, while when I buy cheap ones, my plants die. So I'm going to ask that for sure. What I'm really curious about, though, is how Jeremy has launched Plum Creek Garden Markets, which is a branded pop-up version of their flagship greenhouse. And there are five small retail locations temporarily located around the Denver metro area. And I want to know kind of how that's working and about the economics and the trends around this whole pop-up retail model. So, Jeremy, glad you could join me and Proco 360 listeners via Zoom. Thank you, Dave. Really appreciate you having me on. And you know, Let's start with the quick basics. You know, Tell us about your business, Brown's Greenhouse and uh, Plum Creek Garden Markets. Sure. Uh, Brown's Greenhouse is kind of where it started with uh, me and uh, business partners acquiring in 2010 an existing uh, wholesale greenhouse business that's all meant to serve the local independent garden centers as the main customer base with a little bit on the landscape side. Uh, but primarily we're serving the independent garden centers, which really is just in as opposed to box store. And so the yeah. independents are locally owned, uh, focus on quality, focus on service, something uh, that generally is how we differentiate from the box. Yeah. Stores. Yeah. Well, now you didn't start the company. You mentioned that you bought it in 2010 and it was 30 year old business. I mean, that's interesting to me that you'd buy an existing business. You don't look that old yourself, but I mean, how did you find it? Right. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a, a story in of itself, but uh, basically I come from, you know, I have a business uh, background from, from college education and kind of dabbled in a few different things with marketing. And as I was kind of building up to this acquisition and, but had a long run actually in construction. And that was Something I never necessarily felt married to, but then in 2008-2009 is when uh, that industry took a pretty different turn when the uh, you know financial crisis hit, and uh, all of a sudden it wasn't quite as a, a good position. Yeah. And so I just started looking out there, Dave, and um, encouraged by some family members to see. I always knew I kind of wanted to do my own thing, didn't know what that was, and. Um, and I came across, honestly, uh, this business for sale on bizbuysell.com. Oh, yeah. really? You actually found yeah. it online? Yep, yep. Um, that's correct. And it was, it just kind of, 
you know, I was like greenhouses. I don't know what this is. I, I don't have a horticulture background, and uh, but I've been uh, definitely on the very fast-paced learning curve. And, well, yeah, but uh, I mean, like, okay, so I, I've I've toyed, you know, sort of toyed around on these buy-sell businesses websites and stuff, and you're yeah. like, I, you know, you see these businesses. A, you don't even know that this kind of business existed, but like, how did you even picture yourself thinking like you could own a greenhouse? Right, right. Well, if you've been on that site, you can go to Colorado and you can search by industries. There's lots of gas stations and uh, I'll say uh, laundromats or, you know, whatever it is, car washes. The greenhouse thing came across and I'm like, well, this is different. And it took uh, coming up here to visit a couple times for sure. And and so and also to back up just a minute, you know, I was looking for a business that was a little more recession proof, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, construction was so good. good, Sure. You've been stung. Yeah. 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 I was stung. And so what we found and this uh, is in the garden business, it has stayed, it stayed really solid Mm -hmm. through that time and we'll get into it, but as far as how it's been affected by COVID too, it's something where people, if if they're retracting, they're not able to do all their vacations, they still want to take care huh. of that little sweet spot in their yard. And that, that, those flowers. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you went out, you didn't know anything about uh, greenhouse business. You knew nothing about all that stuff. When you looked at it, did you want to buy it for what it was? Or did you see interesting opportunities to turn it into something really different pretty quickly? Yeah, good question, Dave. You know, I I guess I didn't certainly couldn't tell you that I had the vision of where we've gotten to now, eleven years later. I I saw it as a good, solid business that was that was it had to be a certain size to make sense to to jump into it, and so it was just big enough to do that. I knew I knew it had a staff that knew how to grow all the plants, and if I had yeah. the right business acumen that I could bring to the uh, table and try and and drive it, then I saw that as the opportunity. Wow! Hey, take a quick break. You're listening to Proco 360, named Best Denver Podcast, three years running. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Jeremy Friedman, president of Brown's Greenhouse and Plum Creek Garden Markets. Thanks to our sponsors, First Bank, uh, Proco 360's newest sponsor, and we appreciate them. Kinsley Meetings, Microstar Keg Logistics, and Via Technologies. These great companies support Colorado businesses and entrepreneurs, and they support this show. Also, thanks to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its support for me and Proco 360. So let's talk a little bit more, uh, Jeremy, about this uh, greenhouse business, because I've always been curious. And I, it sounds like when you bought it, you don't know the answer to this either, which is the the idea right, right. of, you know, what makes a company better at growing quality plants and particularly flowers versus, you know, specialty, I mean, especially retailers do it one way, the big box stores, even Costco. I mean, what's really the difference? Like I bought pots at 40 bucks, I bought them at a hundred bucks and they do seem to be different. Sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, no, I've learned a lot along the way. And I guess, you know, when I was researching the, the acquisition, I knew this company had, had built a reputation around quality. And, you know, I, I guess in some ways I still consider myself lucky because I couldn't have really, you know, justify that until I got into it and, and start to talk to customers. And I did visit with a few customers, of course, beforehand. But but the, ultimately what I found is that there, there are certainly ways to take a plant to the market, 
at a much better level of quality. And, and, and then I, what I've been focused on is also enhancing the service. I think when I acquired, maybe service wasn't necessarily the primary focus and it was quality, which in my mind, you need both from a wholesale yeah. side. And then that kind of ties into the retail. So when we talk about the quality of plants, I think the biggest thing you can, you know, you know, when you go to a box store or an independent garden center, it's, it's all about the roots, to be honest, Dave, and you can take that pot out. And if you see some good, healthy roots there, it's it, that, that plant is pretty, it's a good indicator that things heading in the right direction. Uh, sometimes you can pull that pot out and that plant can look really good on top and there's hardly any roots there, which huh. is, is a, a big difference in, in kind of what you can see a little more from box store. And, I, you know, box stores have improved over years and, and we all can, you know, have bad roots, if you will. <laughs> but but we hey, make sure hey, we families do, system. too. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, what so, about like when you look at the difference in cost to have a quality I don't know, a pot, a pot that may sure. sell for 50 or hundred bucks. What's the difference in cost to make something really good versus to throw it together. So it looks nice and can sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think cost is driven a lot. I mean, now you're kind of getting, if you're talking a pot with some mixed plants in it, who put some innovation behind it, who's got the quality in it um, that, also, I mean, I think when you're dealing with local independent garden centers, they really know the plants that are going to thrive in our um, in our environment and our community. Yeah. When you talk box store, those that the person who grew it could be in Missouri or could be in Illinois. They they truck it as far as the East Coast, West Coast when those yeah. plants get to the box store. So we of course are all about local and yeah. Colorado grown. Yep. Let me ask that question again. I I want to yeah. see if I can pin you down to an answer. So okay. like from a cost standpoint, from like what does it cost to make a really nice quality plant that might sell for 50 bucks or hundred bucks. What's the difference in cost to make a high quality version of it versus an inexpensive version of it? Are we looking at a buck difference or five bucks difference? Or, I mean, is it a lot? Uh, well, you're where you're, yes. And that there's so many plants out there, Dave, it's hard to, you know, I guess the best example might be for us. Um, I, I could be buying what, what starts as a bare root plant, which is a plant that's already been in the ground that they were actually bringing up and repotting into a plant for you versus something that just started from seed. That that bare root already might have a year or two life on it. You wouldn't really know that as the end consumer, um, but that does drive cost. Hmm. And does that make so for that a better be, product? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So you've got these greenhouses. How many plants are you growing at any? I mean, you're looking at a hundred thousand plants that you're growing more millions in the millions as far as literally quantity of plants yeah we're we're growing under about you know four to five acres under greenhouse so to put that in perspective you know that's 200 250,000 square feet uh under greenhouse we also grow things outside but you can imagine that's a couple costcos you know full of plants Wow. Now, how do you like, how do you get the money to fund this? I mean, you had money to buy the business, but then to build it, to buy every, what's a greenhouse cost? That's got to be a couple quarter of a million dollars, isn't it? Sure. Sure. Depending on size and everything in it. Absolutely. No, I mean, the, uh, there was a big, um, 
costs going into it to to invest in in the structures that we acquired and we've since built more greenhouses and that's where my construction experience did come in quite sure. handy in this business um and so it's you know interesting economics in and it is farming dave and and i actually mm. work with a lot of suppliers and in the farming industry you'll find there's a lot of uh, very unique terms um, I can I can get seed from my supplier in October and pay them in June when I'm harvesting really? the crop. Because yeah. because so. real I mean uh, agricultural farmers or you know whatever they're borrowing the money to buy seed. You can actually get it in advance and then pay after you sold your product. That's correct. That's correct. It's a real competitive environment. We work with multiple brokers to source wow. our plants and and we can. Uh, we and we play that and because it's such a seasonal business you yeah it's very much cash flow management type of business when we go through a crazy spring and and that's when we do make the lion's share of our profits yeah we gotta yeah. make sure that gets us through the next year so when you i mean you came into this as a complete novice uh and and i appreciate that story that you founded on just you know a business was for sale online um what Maybe the answer is for you too, but what do most people have like no clue about, you know, when it comes to the greenhouse and flower business that, you know, maybe you didn't either, but it's a kind of a big deal. Sure. Sure. I mean, there's just so much, it's a very labor intensive process. It's a, a quite a process that, that happens, you know, for literally months and getting ready before you would go to your garden center here and say a few weeks and getting ready to plant your vegetables, your tomatoes. Um, we, you know, we have gone out and we've sourced that seed and we've sown that seed to germinate. And then we've transplanted it a couple of different times. Um, and so there's just a, an amazing process before it actually gets in your hands that, of course, I didn't understand. Hmm. I think the other, you know, really interesting thing in our industry, which I certainly wouldn't have known before, is there's there's also all around the world. We, we bring in our plants from all over the world, literally. They come in cuttings or seed. You have breeders that are all over this world that are actually trying to come up with the next best plant. And in our industry, that's what's so exciting. People that, you know, are avid gardeners, they know there's going to be these new plants every year. <laughs> and we get very excited about that. And um, and so that's that's also something that I just, you know, didn't know something about. And it's it's really exciting part of it. That's kind of cool. Listeners, this is Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. And this is the podcast featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Jeremy Friedman, president of Brown's Greenhouse and Plum Creek Garden Markets. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. And don't forget to rate Proco360 in your app when you finish this episode. So I want to shift gears now because uh, you've you've adapted your model at from you know being a, a single uh, location as a greenhouse to this whole pop-up retail market, bringing your business closer to customers. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that, but also my first question is: like you're competing now with the customers that you used to sell to as as a wholesaler. How's that working for you? Well, it, it is a it is a sensitive thing. I mean, the the pop-up definitely evolved in you know from from basically losing a, a good customer. We were, uh, so you're right, we sell to the independent garden centers. We would ship to Castle Rock Gifting Garden Center down in Castle Rock. It was the one and only independent garden center down there. And um, I think had some business challenges, I don't think, um, and she had to close their doors. And so I, 
I had seen this model in a, in a different uh, city from a conference I had attended, a pop-up type deal. Um, obviously, the business is very seasonal. So we talked about just having this kind of pop-up uh, opportunity in Castle Rock, which is now going on its eighth season. And we have a really loyal following down there. And so mm. the people there, there is the need and it was really about filling in these gaps. And, um, and so that kind of gets into where it's gone to today. And we've, unfortunately in my 10, 11 years, we've lost about 15 independent garden centers huh. in, in the Denver market without, and without one new one opening. That's interesting. So really, Really, when those independent garden centers go away, customers who like that shopping experience for the quality and the, the service don't have an alternative source unless you then provide it through a pop-up venue. That's right. Or they're driving further. And so yeah. we, we definitely are sensitive about the pop-up locations and, and not you know, to disrupting our wholesale to retail. Yeah. Um, do you talk to your customers? Like, do you say, hey, we're going to open a place five miles away or 10 miles away, you know, uh, don't freak out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how yeah. does that conversation but, yes, go? Yes, yes. Well, it, it can, uh, it, you know, it's it's had a couple bumps, but um, overall, you know, we really feel, uh, you know, of course, I stand behind all the independent garden centers and really pushing that, you know, avenue for people to get their plants because I feel like they're going to have better success. They're going to get a better product. They're definitely going to get the better advice on how to do it by going to your independent garden centers. You're not going to get that at the box store. So we feel like there is enough to go around. And of course, we want to, you know, um, make sure the customers have their choices of where to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. so how does that, so like, do you, do you go scout out areas and like, there's a big parking lot with an empty store, maybe, you know, and, and do you go through a broker or do you just pick up the phone and call somebody and say, Hey, I want to use your parking lot for six weeks. Right. And it's probably been a little more of the uh, first example you mentioned. I mean, it, you know, again, Castle Rock, we did for seven, eight years. Last year was the first year that we actually opened up two new markets. And so in 2020, we opened up uh, uh, Plum Creek in Denver and in Golden. Uh, so they each do have a little quick different story, but uh, Golden was, you know, to us a little misrepresented. There wasn't a real full-flown, uh, full-fledged independent garden center there, and and we had good success. Um, Denver was a direct uh, reaction to one of our best customers closing it's hmm. called ground covers hmm. and they and that was city of denver coming in to buy their facility to build a park huh. and so yeah that's it um, so really i mean and, and even the ones that go out of business what i'm thinking is you know it's really hard to have a brick and mortar store open year round in a seasonal business you can come in cherry pick a great location serve a, a tight little niche audience and then be gone you're right. No, and that, that strategy is, that's correct. And, and you know, I do want to say that the year-round independent garden centers that really make it work, it, it is a challenge and it, it is yeah. a seasonal business. There are some nice summer, fall, and winter crops that we do. They're, they're good fall blooming. We do the poinsettias and different holiday. And the ones that really make it an experience and really community building is yeah. what makes those good independent garden centers year-round. Um, but it's it's yep. very challenging. 
Well, it seems like there'd be some kind of novelty and fun for customers to pull up to what they know is a temporary installation. You know, uh, what what do the customers say about that? Do they see it differently than they see, you know, going into other stores? Do they, is there some novelty to it? Sure. I think, you know, we, we've certainly built an amazing loyalty down in Castle Rock because of the years of experience down there now. And we had a really good level of success with these two new markets to the point where we're opening two more for this season, where we'll also be opening in Erie, right downtown Erie, which is Mm. again, a a newer area that's kind of got a lot of new infrastructure going around it, but no independent garden center. And and then we're, we're opening one in South Littleton, um, where I also lost a, a great customer, a couple of them. Rappo Acres was a ginormous nursery down yeah, there yeah. years ago, if you're familiar. And um, so, and, and in that one, we're, we're going to be in um, Aspen Grove Mall, and we were actually approached by them. Huh. Uh, they, they saw what we did in Denver. They do a lot of community things from from farmers markets, you can imagine the parking lot stuff from farmer markets, yeah, Christmas yeah. trees, and they do a ton of that stuff year round. And so they saw us as a good fit. So how does that come? Yeah. So you must have purchased. You must purchase some kind of facilities, tents and tables, and all the things right. you need. It must be like a traveling circus in a way. You've got all this equipment that you've got to bring in. A, how long does it take you to set up a week? That's a great question. Yeah, it is about a week, Dave, and it, it is a logistics challenge. There is nothing simple about what we're doing. We are building a garden market about every week. And so for five weeks in a row, we're building a market where wow. we have to get permitting in five different municipalities. It, it, there's a lot of challenges. To but you got to get water access too, right? I mean, do you yep. bring big oh, yeah. tankers or... Or do you sometimes, I suppose sometimes you have water access, but sometimes you must have to bring big tanks and stuff. That's right. No, we've been blessed not to have to tank in our water. That's that's a pretty essential item when we're looking at a location to land on. Water is is really the main critical thing. We can even get by without power. We can Mm. work, you know, we really just have some basic technology in our hands to to check people out. That's so so cool. Yeah, no. Yeah, what a, a, I'm going to move to our kind of a wrap up phase with a few questions. Um, you know, is is I always keep focused on the theme of Proco 360 um, and the podcast theme, world class entrepreneurs who choose Colorado. What do you see as your role? Look, you're a plant grower. You've talked some about how you go into areas that where opportunities been created because people have gone out of business essentially. But I mean, how do you see yourself as a member of the the Colorado business community, um, you know, as you kind of come and then you go and you, you know, how does that work as, as a member of the community? We're certainly growing local plants year round for the Colorado market uh, from the wholesale side. On the retail side, we are focused on really enhancing that community experience while we're there to bring that, that quality plants to the, to the local market, make sure they understand that they're, they're getting a locally grown product. Uh, we want to support those areas. We, you know, with the town of Erie, it was is actually a, an agreement with the town of Erie that really want to, you know, give their uh, local residents a, a place to come. And so we we really feel like each one has its unique reasons of what we're kind of bringing special. And you come to Castle Rock, you come to Denver, come to Littleton, Erie, and Golden. We we kind of have a, a unique, great open air market that 
that kind of allows people to have that true Colorado feel, mm -hmm. knowing they're getting the local uh, product and supporting. And we, we know we definitely put a, a lot of uh, resources into staffing and, and supporting uh, other local businesses. We've also found where our market goes, all the markets around us, whether they're little retailers, have really appreciated this new huh. traffic, traffic yeah. flow coming into the parking lots. And, and it's such a seasonal push that um, the businesses around us have seen huge increases in, in their, uh, you know, That's business cool. as well. Well, everyone knows Colorado is growing and thriving, even even post you know as we exit this COVID phase. But you know the the economy is doing great. Um, urban sprawl is a, is a thing. I mean, people are moving farther and farther out as well. I mean, how do you see Brown's Greenhouse and Plum Creek Garden Markets sort of adapting? And do you see yourselves continuing to grow with Denver as an epicenter? Are you looking at other locations? Uh, we're we're pretty focused on on where we're at, and we're we're so thankful for kind of where this has gone to. At the same time, there there is a there is a in this business, it, it's much easier said than done to try and scale into other markets. We really have to stay focused on that quality and service that we want to bring to the to the Plum Creek customers and, and to our all the independent garden centers. So right now, it's really about you know, making sure that as we appreciate this growth um, within the business, we understand why that's happening. And that's, mm -hmm. that is about maintaining that quality and service. You know, as you think about what the industry is doing, you mentioned, you know, every year there's new flowers that come out and things, but, you know, as you look at the industry at a, at a sort of a macro level and how you play in it, uh, how do you think it's changing in ways that you think are kind of interesting, kind of exciting? Oh, yeah, Dave. I mean, you know, we're all dealing with this pandemic, right? And um, if you were interviewing me about a year ago, I was in a pretty, you know, could I survive a season without selling a plant was hmm. a question I had in my mind. And then within a couple of weeks of really about now, we Things were just getting a little bit to the point where people could get out, but we we saw during COVID and we were able to have safe open markets the entire last season, but we we were blessed to be able to bring something to the folks that were stuck at home. They want to get out of their house, but they can't go too far. So let's improve the yard and let's, let's get some plants. It was, it was getting people away from the TVs and the media and yeah, the, yeah. the soil. <laughs> well, my, my last question, I mean, I'm curious what your family and friends think. I mean, here's a guy, you know, went from business school to, or went from college sure. to, construction and now you're out there playing with flowers you know right. i mean <laughs> do they see <laughs> that's right have, that's you, grown, right. have you grown soft <laughs> <laughs> well you know yes i would say uh i i have such a passion for it and and really it's 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 such uh it's a very refreshing thing in in my life and of course i've passed that on to my friends and when i make flower jokes yes they they do make fun of me but um, but I'm, I couldn't be I couldn't be I couldn't feel more good about this business that I got into because of what I was just telling you and helping the community feel better about. And, and I embrace gardening myself, which I didn't do 12 years ago. And so it's it's just it's really and it's why it's one of the most popular hobbies out there. It feeds the soul and, and we're out there providing that quality product to help people get to that point. 
That's so cool. I think that's a good note to wrap on. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. And today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Jeremy Friedman, president of Brown's Greenhouse and Plum Creek Garden Markets. Jeremy, thanks. That was that was a nice, interesting look inside your business. Thanks. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate your time. Listeners, thanks for joining me on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the podcast successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast and submitting a review. Thanks again to show sponsors, First Bank, Kinsley Meetings, MicroStar Keg Logistics, Via Technologies, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. That's the show. Live, work, love Colorado. I did all right there. Thank you, Dave. Oh, sure. Libby's giving us a thumbs up. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Thank you.